and check in with our friend Robbie Triano about the latest news when it comes to Pac-12 television deal and really now Big 12 expansion because they're all kind of in one big conversation now. We'll see what Robbie has to say about this, what he has been hearing, and more coming up. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. It's the 13th of April, 2023. Thank you all for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. Robbie Triano is here. He is the host of Midwest Madness. He is also a producer at SiriusXM, the executive producer of Big 12 Today uh, on SiriusXM from 2 to 5 Central. At, that's right, right? 2 to 5? Nailed it still? I should it. know that. I worked the show forever. Uh, 2 to 5 <laughs> Central every single every single day of Monday through Friday. You guys can hear him. And so, Robbie, glad to have you on. Uh, I've been kind of doing a check-in with media folks uh, I talked with our Spencer McLaughlin, who's locked on Pac-12. I talked with John Kurtz, who we're familiar with. You know, he's he's been doing a lot of realignment stuff. Very familiar with Kansas State. David Smoke talked with him this week, and then looking to talk with Andrew Marshand uh, next week in the New York Post. And so you're obviously a, a big stop on this because we're all kind of in the same media circle. thing. Yes. Um, you know, your thoughts on kind of the latest rumblings at Colorado. We had the Colorado athletic director responding to a, uh, just a, a, a random account. Well, people don't hear it. I don't think he's random, but uh, MHVER3 guy who was like, a vote could come Monday. And it was like, no, it's not. What, where are we? What the hell are we doing? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of smoke. There's a lot of things going around. But the thing that I will be confident in saying is I'm pretty sure you have said and your listeners can agree with me, the Pac-12 just has to be in trouble, right? People say, oh, it's propaganda coming out of the Big 12. Well, if every major media outlet has said, okay, these things are happening, and then even the CW is being mentioned at all, like these things just don't come out of midair, especially when you have people who make their bread reporting in college sports and even one ding can completely destroy their whole reputation. You have all of these people saying there is something going on the Pac-12 and I don't think it's very good. And that's where the Big 12, like as a fan, we would love to take the Colorados and everybody there and just make the Pac-12 absorb the good of that. Oregon State, you can you can go away. But as of right now, like I have to feel optimistic as a Big 12 fan because it just doesn't look like the Pac-12 can patch it together. Now, for the for the Pac-12 schools, if it's like a $5 million difference per right. year, it's that enough to destroy history, geography, everything to go join the Big 12? Maybe not. But this is where this deal, I feel like, is just so damn important because of exposure, money, and where the Big 12 is currently going in terms of eyeballs and recognition, like... The Big 12 has made itself very, very attractive over this past year because of Brett Yormark. So right now, I'm kind of buying that there is something fishy going on with the Pac-12. Yeah, it goes back to our, our buddy Andrew Marshan talked to you about it, talked to, uh, talk to me about it. And uh, when Klyavkov called him a disruptor, and he's like, look, man, I just, like, I just report. You know, I, I don't care about disrupting what the Pac-12 has going on. And it, it kind of gets this conversation I talked about yesterday. I want to get your thoughts on it. 
there are some folks out there that are like actively rooting for the destruction of the Pac-12. And and I understand why some of them feel that way. I don't because and I, this this is where I think about it. At the end of the day, like we know people who are K-State fans and Iowa State fans and Oklahoma State fans. And there are folks at Wazoo and Oregon State and Arizona and all those places who are like the same way. And they just want to see their team have a chance to compete at, at, a, at the highest level. And they're not calling us a truck stop conference. They're not calling this league, you know, leftovers. They're not talking about, should we shop there next? They're not, not doing any of that stuff. They just want to see that. And so, you know, I, I think about them a lot of times. So I'm not, you know, a, we laugh at the CW stuff, right? I think it's like, we can laugh at that. We can laugh yeah. at the eye on TV thing. Cause it's like, okay, this is, this is just, we're in bizarro world. But at the end of the day, like there are still people who, you know, we should, I think we should sympathize with some of the fans out there. And that's why I'm not actually like, let's crush these guys. I just, I, I want to, I want to see them suffer and, and wither away. Like, yes, there are a lot of business advancements that would be good for the big 12 in the big in grand scheme of things that the Pac-12 were to go away. But there's a part of me, it's like they have fans there. And also I don't want to see old college football go away. I don't want to see us just go to super leagues because we do that. It could in some ways actually hurt the big 12 in the long run. Yeah, and I think the reason we all love college sports in general is, one, our affiliation with the school we root for, and because of that, you hate your rival. Like, if Michigan and Michigan State were not to play, I really don't have an incentive of being a fan. And when I look at what realignment has done to that, let's stick in the Big 12. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Bedlam is gone. That sucks. Like, Oklahoma is going to be fine because they have Texas who they still call their biggest rival and they have these other schools, but for Oklahoma state, like that sucks that those fans can't fight and beat up on Oklahoma fans and like have that like rivalry, like in state, like that sucks. And for the PAC 12, like, is it good for the health of college sports to have that geography regionality, like go away and have some of these rivalries go away like that? Like, Absolutely not. Like, I want the Pac-12 to be alive and well. But what I do want is the programs that we love in the Pac-12 to continue to do the things that they have done historically. Like, I want Colorado to succeed. I want Arizona, Arizona State to have success where they can be people we talk about besides the top 10, 25 programs in all of college sports. And the thing is, if the Pac-12 doesn't offer them a deal, and they take that, and you see their sports top start falling off. You see recruits going to other schools that they usually wouldn't because they have more resources. You see that they just can't fund good coaching anymore. I don't want those programs to go away because of bad leadership of a conference. So that's where I don't root for the Pac-12 to fail, but I root for something good to happen. I hope that if the Pac-12 deal doesn't happen. They come to the Big 12 because, one, we have the funding to, you know, keep these schools alive and well, and also making sure we have the accessibility with eyeballs. So that's where, like, it's not good for college sports, but if it keeps them alive, I want them to come to the Big 12. Very much so. It's it's kind of where we're headed. Quick word from our friends at Built Bar. Today's show is brought to you all by the Built Bar. They're healthy. They are good for you. They are amazing. They taste great. Covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, they only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a 17 whopping 17 grams of protein. You guys can get them at Walmart, 4-pack. 
Sam's Club 13, that's the way that I would go because I like to buy in bulk. So you guys, once again, can head to Walmart. You guys can head to Sam's Club. Sam's Club has the variety packs, so you guys can go and check them out. Uh, also at Built.com, you guys can find them as well. Built Bar, delicious, nutritious, fantastic. All right, so Robbie, um, the the latest kind of news on this is is around Colorado. And you know, we're not saying they're going to have a vote immediately. It's not what we're saying. But, um, you know, I think a lot of folks have thought, okay, if one school goes, you know, that feels like a second school will go. And if two go, then four might go and four, whatever else you want to do. But it, it was always been the conventional wisdom that wisdom that Arizona State and Arizona would go together. And it's kind of odd because it shifted very much the, the two schools that have the most heat behind them are Arizona because Arizona has been pretty public. I feel like they're, they are, look, we want to be in the PAC 12, but if the PAC 12 doesn't work, we'll go to the big 12. And I think that's how a lot of the schools feel. Uh, but Arizona has been most vocal about it. So I think we feel like they have, they are the most vocal about it. They are the most ready for it. And then for Colorado, they've been pretty quiet. I know that they have to have a public vote to kind of have these, to see these things through. So this stuff has to, you know, kind of be on the books um, it's not going to be like a sneak attack vote. We're like, whoa, like all this, you know, they have to do it in public, which right. once again, that's a difficult choice to make tough to do, but they've been to the big 12 before they are in a spot, especially I think right now with where their football program is that the visibility is very important for them because they're not just recruiting, uh, competing for recruits. They need to keep the coach who's kind of going to, you know, at, at least, I mean, look, they've got so much talent in that team that it's, it's going to be hard to see them in two or three years, not go like seven and five, at least, you know, eight and four, not saying they're going to win any conference, but those two schools are kind of the hot ones right now. And I feel like the big 12 makes a lot of sense to both of them for different reasons. And also, you know, they have an appetite for it. It seems. Yeah. And starting with Colorado, Andy Staples and I had this conversation in a commercial break, like what is Colorado? If Deion Sanders was not there, is that still worth that move? Because of right now, it's like you get him because one, there's I think there's not a more interesting story in college football right now in spring football besides what's happening at Colorado. Maybe the Texas quarterback situation, but I think it's just going to be Quinn Ewers. But that is by far the most attractive thing, and everybody is going to want to watch what is happening with Colorado. But what happens if Deion Sanders isn't there? Let's say hypothetically he takes over for Nick Saban if he does a good job at Alabama. That's a deep take I have down the road. Is that still worthy of a brand for the Big 12? Absolutely. I think you can control that entire state. There's not there's Colorado State, but there's not necessarily like they're not the same as like Michigan, Michigan State right. or that type of thing. You can own that area. And the thing that intrigues me is because we talk about Colorado and Arizona and those schools. And Brett Yormark says he wants to get into a fourth time zone. Okay, we're in the Eastern, we're in Central. BYU is currently in the Mountain time zone, but neither Arizona, Arizona State, or Colorado get you in that fourth time zone. So those are good brands to add, but like, what is that fourth time zone that he's looking for? Like, what is that school? And that's where I'm, I want to add those schools if they are available. But if Brett Yormark wants to have that fourth time zone, like, what school are we discussing there? Right. It's interesting. You know, I, I actually thought about this um, because Washington State and Oregon State have been so desperate to stay in the Big 12. I mean, a lot of the, you know, you, you don't have to read too far into a lot of the anonymous, you know, a lot of anonymous presidents and whatnot. I mean, Oregon State and Washington State, you know, have been the two kind of 
slept on and less talked about, um, you know, teams in all of this or, or schools, I should say, in all of this, because, you know, that's not like there's a super hard desire out there. And also the problem for them too, Robbie, is some of their biggest games are against their rivals, right? Oregon, Oregon State, you know, is, is a game that, if, hey, if you care about one game nationally on their schedule, that is one of them. The Apple Cup between Washington and Washington State. Hey, if you're going to care about one of the games their schedule, that one's definitely one of the ones you circle. They might lose those games if those two schools decide to go elsewhere. And um, maybe that is where we go. But the problem is, you know, by all indications, it seems that television money is not there for those schools necessarily. So while they might satisfy some of those needs, um, you know, to, to be in that fourth time zone, you have to worry about the money side of it too. And that goes for any school that is, you know, group of five, right? I mean, Fresno State, San Diego State's not in the conference yet. Obviously, they're they're highly coveted at this point in time. Washington State, Oregon State, you know, there's no guarantee that they are going to get. Now, the one difference is actually with Oregon State, Washington State, ESPN's part of the contract would be guaranteed, right? We, we do that for sure. We just don't know what Fox is bringing to the table. Although Fox, it's only $10 million, so I feel like there's a number that works there. But maybe Fox only wants to pay, you know, they pay $8 million per team for Arizona, Colorado, but maybe only like $5 million per team for a Washington State, Oregon State. So those are two ones I really feel like we haven't talked about a whole lot, but it's got to make sense for the TV partners who ultimately drive all of this. Yeah, and the thing about the Big 12 that I've noticed over the past year, really, since Brett Yormark has taken over, is that this conversation that we are having right now about the potential of the Big 12 seems kind of limitless because mm -hmm. right now we're really this, like Brett Yormark said, like a startup, a 25-year-old startup. And it feels like when you can say the Big 12 can get Colorado, that seems feasible because we are kind of this new thing because OU and Texas were the identity of the Big 12, mostly Oklahoma. Really what you want to say, if you want to disagree or not, they, are the, they were the identity of the Big 12 to the rest of the country. And now I think the topic of what the Big 12 is doing, and clearly this type of topic does numbers. You've seen it on your YouTube channel. You've seen it everywhere else. Like realignment gets people juice, and it's so interesting that the Big 12 is really like – People are saying, oh, they could go get UConn for basketball. Oh, they can go get Gonzaga. Oh, they can get right. these four schools. Oh, It feels like everybody's like the Big 12 can do that. And that is something like I've been amazed to like hear because two, three years ago, it was like this conference sucks. It's just Oklahoma. And like when they left, it's like this conference is dead. And now the fact that everyone is like, the possibilities are endless. Like, it's how the man up top. It's the man up top. What happened? It's crazy. Yeah, you feel yeah, like it has like, to be. Top. I, I feel like it has to be Brett Yormark. And like, you know, there is a lot of people. I hate it whenever commissioners come on shows and they're like, you are just the best. You are doing. And I think like Greg Sankey deserves some credit, but. Like you are basically sell, you know, you're selling, you know, food to starving people with SEC football. I mean, you or I could be the commissioner and make a ton of money. Not say, once again, not saying Greg Sankey does does a bad job. Uh, but this is the easiest. Because. Yeah, it is the easiest. And also Kevin Warren's job, he did a he was very very smart with the way that the new television deal works for them. Right? He had he used NFL brains as well. The NFL has got games on Amazon, CBS, Fox, ABC. What if we do the same concept and we do, you know? Uh, we're with Fox, we're with CBS, we're with NBC. 
really smart, but like, uh, you know, it's not like they're playing three dimensional, four dimensional chess. The move to get Oklahoma and Texas, very, very smart move. Once again, though, I feel like that was more perpetrated by the television networks than anything. So, you know, and they're the ones running the show. Don't get this thing twisted. So, yeah, you know, uh, we, we are sometimes too effusive with praise for the commissioners. I, the thing I like about Brett Yomark the most is he will throw everything at, at the, you know, not, David Smoke disagrees with this, but he throws a lot at the wall and he sees kind of what sticks with the presidents, right? They're not just doing everything in the world out there. They're doing a lot of stuff strategically, but I bet he's thrown out everything in the world to the presidents. And I like that. It doesn't all have to happen, but the one thing you have to do, especially when you're the big 12 and you are not the last dog at the bowl right now, but you're not one of the, you know, you're not one of the great Danes. You're getting boxed out a little bit. You're a bit of a smaller dog, you know, mid-sized sedan, if you will, of a dog. Uh, you got to find, you got to find where you fit in. Right. And, and they are doing that and they are finding different ways to do that. And I want to see sponsors on jerseys. I know people go, oh, it's going to ruin it. Well, is, does it make you more money? Can, can you build the putt putt course in the recruiting facility that Clemson has? Yes. And if that pays for that, that's good news. And so I want to see sponsorships everywhere. You know, I want, I want to see them sell that da uh, data they're collecting now to gambling companies that that's what they hired him for. They didn't hire him because you know what? This guy knows Texas. No, the guy knows business and he's got connections with Endeavor and he's got connections with the TV companies. That's what helped him get the deal. And he's thinking forward. And I'm not, I'm not sure his hit rate's going to be hundred percent. Nobody's is, but you like the idea is pushing forward. Do they add Gonzaga? No, but does it put pressure on the PAC 12? And is it an actual thought that maybe we should all have? Yes. That's where he's winning is just the amount of stuff that they're throwing out there. And I think the fact that you and I have heard this from, the presidents and from ADs, they're like, well, we don't love every idea he has, but we like the fact that he's throwing them out there. Yeah. And something that he did that really allowed him to do all of the creative things, like either with basketball, which I love as a college basketball person, how much he's like capitalizing on the Big 12 being really good and making sure it's better. But he got the biggest win he needed very early. He got the media deal done very early. And once he did that, the entire president's ADs were like, okay, how about you just cook? You do your thing and we're going to support you no matter what you do because we trust you now. So now you're seeing things that I don't think any other conference has tried or done and be a little crazy, a little zany, try out things because now he has this freedom because he like got people to buy into him. Let's say he did not get the TV done down and we're currently the Pac-12 trying to find that TV deal and we're the ones talking to CW. We're not having this these things at Rucker Park or these things with the NFL Network for Pro Day. Like People are going to be like, can you like focus on these other things first? So that's where I've been really happy with your mark. And I was thinking about this because the Big Ten found their new commissioner. And like when I was reading up on the comments of it, people were like, I'm really happy Brett Yormark didn't leave the Big 12. And I was like, what? Like Brett Yormark would have left. He would have left the Big 12. Like, and then I thought, like, did he do enough to become the Big Ten commissioner? And I think based right now, like this conference was going to be dead. And as of right now, we couldn't feel more positive about it. Like, yeah, it honestly could make sense based on this short time, less than a year. Brett Yormark kind of deserved or even had like deserved his name to be in the consideration for the big time commissioner. And that's crazy to think about. 
It is crazy. I mean, it's. It, I I thought the same thing too. It's like if you're looking for a commissioner, why not get this guy? I mean, he's been. You know, it's like imagine what he did with the the Big Twelve. What he could do with the Big Ten. I mean, he's selling Ohio State, and Michigan, and Michigan State, and Penn State, and all those brands. Iowa, Wisconsin. We do. You know, the, the possibilities be endless. Um, and that is the difference. You know, that is the difference right now. Is that this is somebody that people know and they seem to believe in, especially like the, the spaces that we talk about, you know, with entertainment and whatnot. And it kind of goes back to the original question that, you know, we talked about Robbie of like, yeah, we, we pine for college football to be the way it was before, but we have to lean into what it is now. And like, it sucks. Yeah. Big 10 conference games are going to look like bowl games, right? It's going to be weird to see UCLA play Rutgers. That could be like the, you know, the independence bowl or not obviously the matchup there, but like, that's what we see in bowl games. And, but that, that's a problem that that's where college sports is heading. And so, you know, I, I don't think, I think it's good that we don't have somebody who's clinging to the past, I guess is, I think is a good way to say it. Yeah. And even this year in the big 12, I'm like, I have no idea what to expect because I'm doing the research on the four new schools, you know, spring football's here, trying to watch tape, trying to learn about it. I have no idea what to expect. For that for those and I think that's really interesting but like this year I think is going to be really weird seeing UCF taking on Oklahoma or any of these other, like like Houston West Virginia it's just going to be like I'm not used to this I don't know how it's going to work because you think of UCF they're just out of the way like like we think of what's happening in UCLA USC and the Big Ten like they're just out of the way but I don't know what to expect and I hope it's good I actually have a hot take that I don't think Big 12 football is going to be very good this year just because I think the Big 12 lost so much talent this year, like like so much talent to the NFL draft. And that's where I'm I'm not very high in the Big 12 this year. I don't think we're going to have a TCU like team last year. I don't think we're going to have a college football playoff team unless it is Texas. And that just sucks for the conference. If, you know, their last year, the top two teams in the league are Oklahoma and Texas. I don't think Oklahoma is going to be number two, but. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be a very good year for the Big 12 football-wise, but I am very intrigued. Yeah, I was – it's such a fun – that's that's going to be the next thing that we'd all turn our attention to, right, is football next year. And, you know, Oklahoma and Texas going back to the Big 12 championship game would actually be something that – it would follow the trend, right, because we've had six different teams in the championship game in the last three seasons – so it would be following the trend of a conference of these teams kind of building up to these big seasons. The only problem would be the way it would be sold is that, oh, look at this weak-ass Big 12. Oklahoma and Texas are, should be very glad they're leaving. When in reality, like that's not really been the situation the last few years, but I am concerned it could be construed that way. When in, in reality, like, Texas would be the seventh team in the last four years to make the big 12 title game. And Oklahoma would be the first team to, you know, to, uh, to repeat team in the last four seasons. And uh, I think, you know, I, we're all hoping the realignment stuff kind of drags a little bit longer. I, I don't want to just be snapping dumb because then we're like, all right, you know, you know how it is to fill, fill big slots, you know, five days a week when it's nothing to talk about, but the, the, like, you know, everybody always says, well, this conference could be so interesting. What other conference has ever had a situation where they have eight remaining teams, four new teams. They might be adding more teams and also two teams are leaving. It's all happening in one season and they're going to play each other. And it's like, it's like a reality. It's literally like a reality TV show this year. And I'm, it, it's, it's so interesting. And I think like, I think in some ways, you know, the two coaches of the schools leaving have to prove 
that they can win at the Big 12 level because they're going to the SEC level, right? And then there's the program building that the foreign coming schools are going to, you know, we'll see how big the learning curve is because they have to prepare for that. And then how does the, the remaining teams handle the incomers, you know, plus the, the people who are left over? It's going to be an interesting cocktail, I think. Yeah. Um, I am living for the drama of it. But when you look at the teams just switching into football mode, like Texas offense going to be incredible. I yeah. like I actually feel the most confident. I said that last offseason. I legitimately feel the most confident this offseason uh, with Texas. And then like who else is there? Oklahoma, I don't know who Dylan Gabriel is going to throw a football to, and I don't trust that defense at all. The teams that I, I am confident saying I think are going to be good in this conference, Kansas State, to me, I think is going to – they're going to have a little bit of a drop-off, but I don't think by much. They return a lot of their offensive line and a very good quarterback in Will Howard. I can confidently say that based on what we saw last year. You lose Deuce Vaughn. Okay, you have other running backs on this roster as well as DJ Giddens, and they have the guy from Florida State. You have this wide receiver core. You lose Malik Knoll, but then you get you get this guy from Iowa. You get Phillip Brooks. You lose Felix and your DK Uzama. You have Khalid Duke. They have a lot of good returning pieces back, and I'm really high in Kansas State this year. And the rest of the conference, I don't know. Like, could right. Baylor be good? Uh, Blake Shapin, I don't trust him. And then also they are losing so much of their offensive line. Iowa State sucked last year. I don't know what to think about. Offensively sucked, yeah. TCU, national title team, they are returning about 30% of their starting production or any production, really. Chandler Morris is going to be awesome, but I don't know what to think. And then the rest of the teams, I have no goddamn idea. So this year in Big 12 football is very intriguing because of all the outside things. But like, I just need to watch a game soon. I need to watch a game to just be like, what is this league right now? Because I couldn't tell you who the best running back is. I don't know who the best skill player is unless it's someone on Texas. I don't know who the best defensive player is. I don't really know who's very good right now in the Big 12. And that's kind of scary. Yeah, we know who's got talent. We know who's got some returning players. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. I'm fired up for it. Uh, Robbie, where can the folks find you and your work and all of its variety? Yeah. Uh, follow me on Twitter at the Triano kid. I took a Twitter hiatus. I think it was much necessary after the basketball season, but now I'm back big 12 radio series XM channel three seventy five, and big 12 today from two to five central. We miss Josh neighbors very much, but anytime I get to talk to him, it's like the joy of my day. Uh, so thank you for letting me do this, Josh. Thank you for coming on. I always appreciate it. You guys can find us on Twitter at LO Big 12. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the podcast wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. All right, Robbie. Till next time. Appreciate you, man. See you, dude.